You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It's Friday, November 10th, as you watch or listen to this, but this is an episode recorded on Wednesday night because I'll be out of town and unable to pod Friday through Sunday. So that means I won't have a post game live for you guys this week either. Please forgive me, but do please continue to send your live chats. Drop the hashtag 49K in the comments. Talk amongst each other. And of course, like this video because we're about to do a deep dive on the 49ers Week 10 matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And there is no one better to do this preview with than Lori Fitzpatrick. Lori, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. You could kind of see the teal I got going here down in the bottom. Okay, all right. I need a bigger, I need like a better light. But, uh, you know, I didn't want to go too crazy with any Jaguar stuff here, but I'm certainly excited to uh, to talk about this matchup. So, yeah, for sure. We've we've been waiting for this one for a minute, pretty much. Like we we kind of set our calendars to this. For those of you that don't know, Lori is a Jags fan. You know, she knows this team in and out. So that's why we're super excited for this deep dive because there's no one who knows the Jags better than Lori. So this is gonna be fun and. I don't know. We we didn't think of any like bet ideas, but if anyone in the comments like throws one out, I'm I'm sure no. we can we can settle on <laughs> on yeah. one before Sunday. Yeah, we'll review the comments. I'm gonna try to be in the comment section on Friday, trying to respond to whoever I can. Um, and uh, yo, if there's a good one, I'll I'll shoot you a text, Steph, and we can figure All out right. <laughs> which is the best to kind of do. So. You know, I'm down. I'm down for whatever because I think this right, is going to cool. be a pretty good game. I mean, you know, 49ers have more an incentive to win than the Jaguars, but, I, you know, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah, I, I think so, too. But look, you know, as always, we got to start to talk about the weather here because Jacksonville has some rain in the forecast. Currently, there's a, a currently again, it's Wednesday as we record and it's this. Florida. And it's Florida, so I so guess it always you rains in Florida. Really, that is true. So fifty percent chance of rain, but given that it's Florida, I think we're probably just gonna assume it. It might rain a bit in this one. Occasional, occasional showers and winds ten to twenty miles per hour. That That's could definitely yeah. play play a role in this game, right? So I don't know how you're feeling about that, um, Lori, but like I personally, I don't feel great about the 49ers playing in the rain unless it means maybe McCaffrey can get going because like I I feel like once it starts raining it gets a little sloppy there's sometimes some missed tackles from the defense things like that so it could benefit the run game for both teams but one thing like I've seen with Brock Purdy and it's a very small sample size right of him like dealing with uh with the rain and you know just like adverse weather but he's he kind of had some issues handling a wet ball a few weeks ago. I think it was against Cleveland. So I'm a bit wary of that. And I'm also worried that it could impact Jake Moody if there's going to be some wind in, you know, the Jacksonville Stadium as well cuz he's been a bit shaky in non-perfect conditions. Yeah, I mean, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, um you know, you only have to worry about the rain and turnovers for 
if you see Tank Bisky, Bixby out there from uh, from Auburn, uh, he's their rookie running back that backs up uh, ETN. He has had some some issues holding on to the ball. Um, as far as ETN goes, he's been pretty good, uh, you know, just, you know, holding on to it in general. But I think at that if the Jags had to rely on the run game, um, there's absolutely no problem with that. I think they I'm not saying I'm not going to say they rely on the run game now, but they definitely run it more than like they throw it like in terms of like necessity, like in terms of like, uh, oh, you know, what should we do here? We're already up. Um, let's just run it for like the next two drives. Um, they'll do that, which, you know, I kind of wish Trevor had a chance to kind of throw the ball a little bit more. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, I don't think they rely on him, but they definitely run it. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be too worried if it was a rainy game. It's those wins, man. That That's what you really got to worry about. That 14 mile an hour wins. Ooh. Yeah, that, that could definitely, definitely watch. It could definitely hinder, you know, some passes downfield. But as far as both of these defenses go, and maybe I'm getting a little too ahead of myself here, but both of these defenses have done a good job of limiting explosive plays anyway. So I don't know. Maybe the really deep balls wouldn't be there anyway for for what both of these defenses have been doing pretty well but you know we'll we'll keep an eye on it again like it's Wednesday right now as we're looking at this maybe on Friday the the forecast has cleared up maybe it looks worse I don't know but I'm, I'm assuming you guys would have a better idea what forecast will look like on Friday when you guys watch this but let's talk about the injury report and again going to keep reminding you guys this is from Wednesday's practice report since that's when we're recording this and so what we have to go off of let's start with the jack side here um and so we have a couple of limited or a few limited and then a do not practice from Azir Abdullah, who is dealing with an illness. So I would assume that's not going to impact him for Sunday. But there's a number of limited guys um, for practice Wednesday. And Lori, it seems like you guys are getting a lot of guys back potentially this week. I'm seeing a few names here. What can you tell us about uh, some of these guys who could play Sunday? Um. So <clears throat> in terms of... Uh... Tyson Tyson Campbell, he is obviously one of the best corners. Um, I don't want to say in the league. Um, last year, I would say that. This year, he hasn't been one of the best corners in the league. I don't know if it's a you know a lingering injury that he's had. Um, he just you know he he he's very good though. So it, it would be great to have him back. Um, I'm just not sure. Um, it said that he was limited. Um, same with Andre Cisco. He's one of the best uh, safeties. He he, uh, in terms of like uh, coverage wise, so if this game is played on the ground, um, I wouldn't worry about his backup, uh, Andrew Winger. He's a really good um, like uh, tackler against like the run defense. Um, so if that weather is an issue, him coming in, I wouldn't be too worried about that. But if the weather clears up and it ends up being blue skies, um, I'm you know they're gonna hope that Andre Cisco is in there. Um, Daniel Thomas, uh, you know, he's, he's just an RA guy. He's just nothing crazy. Um, uh, Ezra Cleveland, um, right now he's still a backup, even though they just got him, um, from the Vikings, um, mm -hmm. he wouldn't be starting anyway. Zay Jones is the one that, um, I think everybody's worried about the most because his hand, I don't know if he wears the stick'em, 
or something, but that dude catches everything. Um, so, and whenever he plays, he kills it. And there are some catches that he makes that are like game winning catches, like that they wouldn't even win if it wasn't for him. So, um, he just became, um, limited this week. Um, I think he's been out for the last two games. The last time he played, I think was against the bills. Um, anybody in the comments could uh, tell me that I'm wrong, but you know, just cause you know, I don't really remember week to week, but I'm pretty sure, you know, he has been out the last two games. So him having a limited practice is, is looking very good. Um, I mean, just for his overall health, but it's still like, I think people don't know if he's going to play or not. So it's still kind of up in there. That's fair. And uh, you know, something that I hadn't thought of before, but as you were talking, like I, I kind of thought about it, some of these hamstring injuries, like that might be one of those things where you want maybe play it on the safe side, uh, given that it could rain, right? Like that could be exactly. something that can, you can re-aggravate easily uh, if it's in slippery conditions. So something 100%. to keep an eye on, of course, again, like uh, on Friday when you guys are tuning into this, again, there might be a little more clarity of the official injury report going into the game. Of course, on the 49ers side, as of right now, the most notable is Trent Williams, who seems to still be dealing with that ankle injury. He did not practice Wednesday and remember, like, Wednesday as we record this, um, by the time you guys are, are watching or listening, there, there will be more clarity on Trent Williams' status for the game, um, if he will play or not. But I, I, right now, I'm not feeling too optimistic. But in this show, you'll hear us continue to talk about Trent as if we don't know <laughs> if he's going to play on Sunday because we really, truly do not. Who knows? Maybe Friday, We, you guys also do not. So... That's a really notable one for me and this 49ers team because I really do feel like this team has missed Trent Williams a ton, especially when it comes to the run game, Debo Samuel as well. But as you can see, he is not in the injury report. He is good to go for this week. So they'll, they'll at least have that boost, which, you know, Debo gives this team a boost from, I think, just like the, the mental side of the game. Like he kind of just lifts the spirits and, and kind of, the way that he plays, I think, uh, you know, boosts everyone, gives everyone a little more juice. And also, I think, you know, for how defenses have to defend the 49ers when Debo is on the field, I, I think we've seen these last few weeks, it's different. Like, they respect Debo and what he's able to do. Um, we haven't really seen defenses respect other guys not named Debo and they've been focusing solely on Christian McCaffrey because you know Debo isn't there so Debo being there should be a boost but again Trent being out or potentially being out is an issue Aaron Banks is definitely going to be out in this one with a toe injury and that is also uh something to keep an eye on in this one we'll talk more about that in a bit and uh, Drake Jackson was limited with a knee injury on Wednesday. But, of course, we wouldn't expect him to get a lot of snaps, if at all, any on Sunday because of the addition of Chase Young. And I would expect Chase Young to have a pretty decent role this week. I I'd say he probably starts. Um, but, look, let's get into these matchups now, right? The first one for me, and, and I'm starting with the cautious matchups, right? So, Lori, you'll like this uh, portion of the show. <laughs> Travis Etienne against the 49ers defense, right? I just want to point out a couple things here. 
So in the first five weeks of the season, when the 49ers were undefeated, teams were running against them nearly 29% of the time, which was the lowest in the NFL. Um, but it has since, since increased to nearly 34% of the time uh, in the last three games. And that may be attributed to the 49ers defense, just like overall struggling to stop the run. And also because opposing teams have gotten into these favorable game scripts in these last few games against the Niners. So running the ball, killing the clock is something that they want to do more. And it's, you know, clearly it's working for them. But when the 49ers were five and zero. They were second in opponent rushing yards per game. They were allowing 64.2. Again, part of that is because uh, teams weren't really running, trying to run the ball against them to begin with. But during their three-game losing streak, the 49ers' run defense dropped from second to fifth in rushing yards allowed per game. Um, in their last three games alone, they've given up an average of 122 rushing yards per game. So not great like that. The run defense has fallen off, like I think considerably uh, in these last few games, which is an issue because then it opens things up for the pass for, you know, like opposing teams and all these things. So we've seen things, you know, just kind of fall apart, but it all kind of starts with, you know, the run defense, which hasn't been great for the 49ers these past few weeks. Now, the reason that I'm concerned about it, too, is because Jacksonville runs the eighth most in the league. They're averaging 112.5 rushing yards per game. ETN, of course, uh, I mean, he's he's one of the better uh, running backs in the league right now. Five hundred and five. Yeah, 583 rushing yards on the season. Uh, a 3.9 yards per carry average, which isn't like the most efficient, but again, because they run so much and he's still such a focal point of the offense, he's still able to do a lot. And, and he has seven touchdowns on the ground as well. Um, he's also a threat, you know, to get the ball out of the backfield too. Right. Yeah. So that's something yeah, else the 49ers have to keep an eye on. And what I'm worried about Lori is, is screens. Like, I don't know how often you guys screen, but the 49ers defense has struggled mightily against that lately, especially if if offenses are doing it as a counter to their blitzes, which we have seen in, in the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, they're I would say, you know, they do run a lot of screens. It's it's like more about being in the flats. Um, I feel like Jacksonville, as opposed to last year, run um, a little bit more like uh like negative five to plus five yard passes um, more than they did last year. Like they're, they're running a lot of, um, you know, those screens and those like bubble screens to the wide receivers. And then they'll go like deep. Um, and then they'll have like, then they'll have ETN run a wheel. So he'll go out in the flat and then he'll cut it up field. They actually got a touchdown um, two weeks ago um, to ETN throwing it uh, up the sideline. Um, so, you know, that's something that they do too. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> I, I'm not sure where they are in terms of like running it the most in the league. I'm pretty sure they're definitely top five though. <laughs> um, in terms of how many, um, uh, screens that they run, uh, where is it? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I think yeah. they're, I think they're top 10. Um, oh no, they are number one, 49 attempts. Close, Wait, second is the screen? Chiefs in screens. Yeah, passing Holy screens. Crap. 
Yeah, they run the most screens in the league, 49 attempts. Oh, my God. You're, um, okay, send me that stat after this, Lori, because I, I I need to tweet that. And, and, and they're ninth in yards. 49ers um, Twitter in a tizzy. But they um, have, you know, zero touchdowns from it, um, which, I mean, you know, if you're running screens, like, back in your own end zone, then you know, obviously it's not something that you're really going to get a, you know, a ton of yak from. But maybe, they're you know, they'll do it just to get five or ten yards. Yeah, I'll send you the stat. Yeah, I mean, so again, like that's what I'm concerned with. The 49ers have to do a better job at, at defending that and not get caught up in those because, you know, because they're so over aggressive at times. Like screens yeah, I mean, can can bite them. And and it's not just the ETN too. Um, you know, they're running yeah. screens to everyone. Even Kevin Ridley um will get some screens too. But um about the run game, like Nick Bosa, so does he usually like always lines up on the on the right side or the left? I mean, yeah. So or does over, he like uh, travel? Tackle. Yeah, oh, over usually, the left tackle. Yeah, he usually lines up over the left tackle. He does move around in certain like matchups, but given that they just got Chase Young, I would imagine that like they stay to their sides for the yeah. most part. And in, in this first you know, in Chase Young's first game, I think they'll probably just stick to their sides. But that's that's kind of my thing because I saw something that ETN uh, has the most success running to the left side, yeah. which Nick Bosa's not like, you know, he's he's a good pass rusher and everything, but I don't know if, if that's like his strength, being able to like stop the run and things like that. So. But I mean, maybe that's why, you know, Fred Warner will line up like right behind him or something just kind of help that out because he averages 6.8 yards per carry when he runs to the left side and the left end is, that's you crazy. know, three out of three touchdowns um, out of those seven that you mentioned. So um, that is crazy. Great. Yeah, so three of them come from that side. He's had uh, six, um, ten yards or more runs. Um, six of them have been ten yards or more when he runs to that left side. So that's definitely his strong side. Just to kind of let you guys know, be aware of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, and like, this is a game where, you know, the 49ers linebackers need to get back on their game because we've kind of seen them – teeter off a bit these last few and I think you were seeing a lot of missed tackles from them which is uncharacteristic uh I think Greenlaw was kind of like struggling with some injuries like he wasn't he was out there but not exactly 100% so I'm hoping with the bye week little rejuvenation uh for this defense hopefully they can get back on their game and yeah if so they'll be a, a big uh you know, they'll be really important in stopping the the run, especially to that left side. But let's talk about those Jags receivers, because, of course, I mean, with the 49ers corners, it's something I'm a little concerned with. Right. I mean, we have Calvin Ridley, who has like been kind of boom bust, but like, don't let that fool you. Like he's capable of making a big play any play right and and he's he's still a really talented receiver and then you have christian kirk who operates mostly from the slot and that's a concern for me because of the matchup with isaiah oliver and kirk uh already accounts for i think it was like 23 or 24 first downs uh for this offense which is second most after etn he's a top five slot receiver in the league hands down and when you look at um isaiah oliver's numbers and you know, I'm just going to put them on the screen here. 
If you look like from week five and beyond, he has not forced an incompletion. Quarterbacks mm. have been perfect in his coverage from week five on. And I mean, at this point, I think opposing teams, opposing quarterbacks kind of know this. They're like, hey, let's just throw it to Isaiah Oliver. Our guy could get open, you know, pretty quickly. We get the ball out before the pressure could even get to us. Um, and so that's what we're seeing, right? I think uh, I'm not going to do the math, but I think someone did the math and it was like 20 of 20, right? So the last, wow. you know, few weeks, not not great. And as you can see, allowing a pass rating of 109.5 this season. So that's a big concern for me. And of course, because I know like how how good Christian Kirk is, you know, Calvin really, I mean, it, I know that Kirk mostly is in the slot, but they can move guys yeah. around too. Right. Like that they, they do that as well. Yeah. I mean, um, so Calvin Ridley is mostly on the outside, but he's almost split evenly between lining up on the outside on the left and the outside on the right. So, um, like literally it's like almost even, um, he has 400, uh, snaps on the outside and then 58 from the slot. Um, so the 400 is basically split 200, 200 on each side. Um, so they might, you know, who, whoever, you know, is lined up um, against him. I don't know if they're going to travel with him or not, but he's definitely really good in against man-to-man coverage. Him and Kirk are. Um, so Kirk can get open because he's shifty. Um, and then Zay and Evan Ingram are more of the, like, they're the guys who expose, expose zone coverage. So they kind of have those two guys for each Thing. Um, so whatever, uh, you know, the 49ers run, you know, they'll go to two or they'll go to the other. But, you know, Calvin Ridley runs a lot um, of out routes. Um, you know, he'll run uh, some dig, but he runs a lot of comeback routes, too. So him and Kirk do run a lot of comeback. And I saw um, against uh, Traverius Ward, you know, he was having issues. I think I don't know if it was against the Bengals or the Browns, um, but he was having issues against that comeback route. That change of direction was a uh, was a little troublesome for him. So Calvin really, they'll definitely want to watch out for that matchup when you see him lined against line up against number seven. Um, you know, maybe look for that change of direction type of route, uh, kind of coming back to the the quarterback. Yeah, that's that's going to be tricky. Also, like we've seen Charvarius Ward get you know hit with some penalties, you know, these last few weeks too. So that's another thing to yeah. kind of keep an eye on. Hopefully. And the Jags are home, so yeah, I don't know if that matters, but you know, it's just something to keep you know your eye on. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely will. I don't like the matchup for these corners, quite honestly, which is why I feel like it's so important for the 49ers defensive line to come to life in this one. And we'll talk more about them in a bit. But first, I want to talk about the Jaguars defensive line. But I want to start with this quote that Kyle Shanahan had talking about uh, the Jags defense. I mean, he's given them high praise. He said, quote, I think them in Cleveland are the best two defenses we play this year it's not a surprise they've won five in a row end quote uh this is i mean that's that's high praise i don't know if it's just like coach speak to like you know get them off their game a little bit but i was showing some respect here well you know i don't know if if he paid attention to um to last week or two weeks ago when the jaguars played the steelers um there was a quote um that uh one of the players said I don't it wasn't Deontay Johnson. It was uh uh what's his name? Pickens, I think. Um 
I don't actually, I don't know who it was, but he's like the Jaguars defense is hope defense. You know, they, they hope that they don't get beat deep and the Jaguars, they, you know, they were told that in the locker room and, you know, it was known to them that they talked, you know, they talked shit about them. And so they came out on fire and, you know, I don't like I'm saying, I don't know if this is why Kyle is saying that because they go, they are a good defense, obviously, yeah. if you look at the stats. But on the other hand, like you don't also want to give them fuel to the fire. So it's just like, oh, they are a good defense. Then it's like a little bit more pressure if the Jaguars defense hears about it, because then you got to play up to what Kyle Shanahan thinks you are. But um, I think they are, honestly. And I if you asked me in the beginning of the season, I would say that's the biggest worry. Um, that's, you know, that they don't have enough pass rushers. They don't have enough guys that are like certain to get home, but Josh Allen's playing the best of his career right now. Um, you know, Trayvon Walker, he isn't a, he isn't a, like a stats guy. He's the guy on the other side. Obviously it's his second year. He still has a lot to learn in terms of like pass rush moves. Um, but the stunts, man, they really help him out a lot where he's getting a lot of pressure just with straight bull rushes. Um, and, um, Roy Robertson Harris in the middle, um, they're, they're, you know, they're getting a lot of pressures. Um, so like it, it definitely is something to worry about. It's just like, this is a surprise. Um, and then like on the back end, they do a lot of switches. Um, so maybe that's what Kyle Han- Shanahan sees. He sees, you know, the safeties coming up and, and one dropping back, one coming forward, one in the box. Um, Lloyd and Aluakon, the two, the two, uh, linebackers, they're kind of, you know, they're, they kind of play up. They're they're kind of daring teams to go deep, and that's why I think they get some uh, some interceptions sometimes um, because they're doing a lot of switches. They may play man on one side, zone on the other side, um, but Lloyd and Aluakon they can run guys down. Um, so I think it's just more of a team effort rather than one guy you really got to watch out for. Except for Josh Allen because obviously he's playing the best, but like there's nobody that's like. Dang, they're like a like a real like they're top five in the league, except obviously Josh Allen right now. But I think it's more of a team effort kind of getting that pressure. Yeah, and I I think you know where I'm gonna go with this on my cautious matchup here. Josh Allen, of course, <laughs> against the 49ers offensive line. And you know, you you know, Lori, these past few weeks, I've been talking about the right side of the line. It, already not being great for the 49ers. But again, like if Trent is out another week, the entire 49ers offensive line could struggle. Aaron Banks, their left guard is out. So we're going to see John Feliciano get the start at left guard with, uh, and without Trent Williams, like, I don't know how I, how I feel about that. Right. Like that could be shaky in itself because he's going to be next to Jalen Moore potentially who hasn't been bad. Like, I'll just say that. Like, last week he went against uh, Trey Hendrickson. Sorry, two weeks ago he went against Trey Hendrickson, uh, the Bengals, one of the better pass rushes in the league as well. And Moore gave up two pressures, one hor- one hurry, and a quarterback hit. So not terrible. Like, I mean, that's an, a fine stat line. But this week, you know, Jalen Moore is going to have to be going up against Josh Allen. And Allen has 20 pressures, nine sacks. Uh, that ranks fourth in the league. And you mentioned uh, Trayvon Walker. Walker has 18 pressures of his own and three and a half sacks on the season. So not even going to be a cakewalk for Colton McKivitz on the other side either. So I'm I'm concerned about the 49ers offensive line in this game. And particularly, I think, for the the pass blocking. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be 
it's going to be tough for them. Um, only because like when when you watched last week, when you watched the film, um, Purdy, man, it, it seems like he was trying to take off like so much. He was he, he was trying to like save everything, and like he kind of mm-hmm. wouldn't like I don't know, I don't want to say he wouldn't stand there and and go through his reads because maybe he didn't have the time. Um, yeah. But like it just seemed like he was trying to take off like play after play after play. Then when McCaffrey couldn't get it going, it was just like, you know, he he had to be relied on to to you know see those guys open. So, you know, you're hoping that you know with this bye week, um, they'll kind of be able to get it together a little bit better in terms of like communication, maybe picking up stunts, um, you know, having keeping uh use check back there to maybe help pass block instead of maybe motioning him out um because uh you know the jaguars do pretty good against um like two tight end sets um and you know use check is like fullback but you know he's like a tight end nowadays in 2023's football so um you know they do pretty well in like big man uh football so uh yeah that's that's definitely going to be something to watch you hope that the that that bye week kind of helped that communication with the backups um, if Trent Williams is going to go. Yeah, for sure. So they had time, I guess, to like sort of acclimate to each other a little bit. Um, You mentioned Brock Purdy, and and this is another cautious matchup for me because the Jags are one of the turnover-heaviest defenses in the league right like Darius Williams and Andre Cisco who we don't know if Cisco is going to play for sure um but it seems to be trending in, in that direction both Williams and Cisco each have three interceptions Darius leads the league in pass breakups too so um Jags are tied with the 49ers and Bengals with an average of 1.4 opponent interceptions per game and the Jags have averaged wow. two in their last three games. So, yeah, that's that's something to be concerned with. And, and it's not even just the interceptions to, to be worried about here. It's also the fumbles. They forced an average of 1.6 fumbles per game this year, and that ranks sixth in the league. They're also sixth in turnover margin. I don't have to tell you all that Brock Purdy has been turnover prone these, uh, you know, the previous three games, he threw one pick in Cleveland, two against the Vikings, another two against the Bengals, plus a fumble all late in the game. Um, And so uh, I, I, that's what I'm a little nervous about for Brock in this one, uh, because I feel like defenses maybe are baiting him a little bit, or maybe they're just starting to become more familiar with where he's going, where he likes to go with the ball, the anticipation, like his timing a little bit. They've started to get that down. So I don't know. Like he has to smarten up in this game. We saw him play an excellent game against the Bengals up to that point when he threw the two interceptions, right? Like he was awesome until then. So maybe like if, it, I almost feel like he gets into these situations where, okay, I'm I'm down, or my team's down, like I got to get us back up. And he, he feels the weight of that, right? So maybe he's trying to do too much. And that offensive uh, line too, you know, I think. Oh, you know, oh, that's obviously an issue too. Yeah, for sure. So maybe so, he doesn't want to sit back there and go through all three reads, you know, three or four. Yeah, there, there could be a number of factors um, that have contributed to, you know, Brock. Uh, throwing these interceptions now there you know he's always had those turnover worthy plays there 
but now that they're finally starting to be caught by the opposing team. So just something for him to be more careful about, and especially in the second half of the game, you know, if you're in a tight game, especially right, you got to take care of the football. So I'm, I'm just a little worried with how good the Jags have been at uh, creating those turnovers. I I think, you know, it has a lot to do with that zone defense. Um, So like Darius Williams is definitely their man coverage guy. Um, You know, he can kind of tag along with someone in, in, in man, but I think zone is the reason why, um, they've been able to get a lot of these interceptions. Like if a ball is tipped, you know, when you're in zone, you can kind of just like watch the ball after the ball comes out of the quarterback's hands and you can kind of go to it and leave your man. Um, I mean, I guess you could do that in man coverage too, but um, in zone, you're you're more likely uh, to be able to crash to the ball a lot quicker than in man. Because uh, in man, sometimes you get turned around, right? And you don't see where the quarterback is thrown to. Um, but in zone, you usually stay with your eyes forward square. Um, and so those guys just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Some of those interceptions were just that, um, you know, they, some of the, one of the safeties is able to crash down because he can recognize, Oh, this is a corner out because they always set the corner out when, you know, they're third and eight or something. So they're able to kind of, Hey, just as long as you watch film and you play zone, then you're able to kind of do that. And that's why, why I think some of those, um, you know, turnovers have happened. Yeah, so, you know, Brock's going to have to be a little more careful uh, with the football this week if, you know, you want to give your team a better chance of coming away with the win. Um, But now let's move on to some favorable matchups for the 49ers. But first, be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. I also want to remind you guys this is a pre-recorded episode, so we're not ignoring you in the live chat, I promise. But I still encourage you guys... Just kidding. Just kidding. I, I still encourage you guys to, you know, keep the live chat lit. Okay. I appreciate you guys. Um, right. We talked about the Jags receivers and all right. Show's like- over. Nope. That's it. There's no good side. Yo, no, let me stop. Let me stop. All right. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> You're not going to like this. You're not going to like this. Um, yeah, this whole second half of, of, of the show is not going to be, you know, fun for you. Cause this is like all the things I feel like the 49ers yeah. can exploit. And you can tell me if I'm wrong, like you can kind of like counter a little bit, but we talked about the Jags receivers they're great. I, I fear them against, you know, the 49ers corners. But one thing that they've kind of done to shoot themselves in the foot is they've been dealing with drops. Like Ridley and Kirk each have four drops on the season. That's so that's right. a little over 9% drop rate for Ridley, 8% drop rate for Kirk. Um, and collectively, the pass catchers have a 4.8% drop rate. That ranks 28th in the league. Lori, you mentioned Zay Jones like is is actually the opposite of that, right? Like you said. He, yeah, and he may not play. So it's, it's... Might not play, but maybe he does. So that, that would help, right? But, you know, what? how, how have the drops uh, hurt the, the Jags to this point? And how could it hurt them in this game? It's hurt the fans for sure. Like, and I say that because like, okay, anybody that watches film, they can watch Calvin Ridley and they can go, wow, he's an amazing route runner. Um, But if they watch any of the film with him in Atlanta, this is the same Calvin Ridley on the Jacksonville Jaguars that he was with the Falcons. He drops a lot of passes. Like, like people can say, oh, you know, he's that pure X receiver, but is he the X number one or... For me, I feel like he's like a one and a half 
almost a two. Like you can get somebody like a lot better. That's a sure thing. Like I just thought maybe he would step it up um, from when he was at Atlanta. But like, yeah, man, he's dropped passes. And some of them have been pretty disappointing. Um, so I think we're just hoping that, you know, he would be this like knight in shining armor to come in. But like, you know, he's human. You know, he, he, he's been dropping some passes and, you know, I, I don't know. It seems like sometimes like he's just not seeing it in like, yeah. but it's definitely been a cause. I don't want to say for concern because they'll make it up in other ways. They'll throw it to somebody else or he'll make it up the next play. But it's just like, it's just really gut wrenching when it happens. Like it's been something that people have sh- for sure been talking about. Is it something, because I, I don't really know, right? I haven't watched a lot of uh, Jags games, but is it something from what you've seen that happens like on third downs, for example, or like in the red zone kind of thing? Like, does it hurt them in that way? Or is it just like, oh man, like that's, you know, that's a wasted, uh you know, play there. I think it's more of the latter. Um, Like it's, it's more of like things that are like in the middle of the field, um, rather than like in the end zone, there was one drop, um, touchdown pass. Um, I actually don't remember if it was Ridley though. Um, yeah, I don't remember, but, um, it's actually, I just posted a Trevor Lawrence, um, like, uh, what is it called when you put a bunch of highlights together? A compilation. Compilation. Yeah. His best and the throws, second, right? yeah. And the second throw was that throw that I'm talking about where it was dropped in the end zone. Um, I don't remember who it was, but whoever's watching this, you can go back on my Twitter, maybe shoot me a follow, you know what I'm just saying? Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can say in the comments who that was. I don't know if it was Ridley though, but yeah, it's been more of the latter. Yeah, definitely follow uh, Lori on Twitter. And I retweeted that one because I was like, man, like I already knew that Trevor Lawrence like could make any throw on the field. He's ridiculous. But just watching it all and like it was almost a two minute video and that was just throws this season. Right. So clearly, yeah, I mean, I was like, man, it's crazy. It, it, Twitter's been calling him a game manager, though. Twitter's been calling him like, well, oh, you know, he's, Twitter's you know, he's not as good. You're right. You're right. It's just... <laughs> Wait, the, the, the argument just ends there. Like, it's just. Yeah, Twitter's... I really have nothing to say. You're right. You're right. They are delusional. <laughs> it's like, dumb, come on, dude. dude. How can you hate on this guy? He's. Yeah. You know, you, you come back from the Chargers 20, 27 to nothing and or 27 to 7, and you still got something to say? Like, come on. So, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. I think people are mad because they probably have Trevor Lawrence on their fantasy team, um, <laughs> like I do. And he's not getting a lot of, like, a ton of points, but, like, he's he's doing enough. I have him, to- too. His, yeah, it's like you know he's he's been he's been alright, but he, ETN has been like really ETN's good, and I think that's why fantasy, it's yeah. just like oh I yeah. I don't have him in fantasy actually I I wish I did, but like I think that's why Trevor doesn't get as much like fantasy points because they're like oh hand it off and then yeah. ETN will get like you know forty yard run out of nowhere and you're just like all right let's just hand it to him again so. right so the translation of that is. Stop the Jags run game, stop ETN, and then maybe, you know, good things could happen for the 49ers. Um, And this is a good segue to my next favorable matchup, which 49ers defensive line against the Jags offensive line. And the reason that I like this one, Lori, like usually because of how the 49ers and the defensive line has performed the last few weeks, like they're not really getting a lot of sacks. Sure, the pressures are there, but 
quarterbacks have been getting the ball out quick, like quicker than the, you know, the pressure can get there for sure. But I like the fact that we're going to see Nick Bosa and Chase Young for the first time on the field again since their Buckeye days. I, I feel like Bosa's just super excited about this. Like, I, I could just I, I could feel it through the screen, you know, like when you see it and you're seeing clips of them at practice together, you they're all buddy buddy and next to each other. Um, I, I just think this is gonna help Bosa in more ways than one. Uh for one, Young is already the 49ers sack leader right now. He has six sacks on the season. Um, it should mean less double teams for Nick Bosa and for Javon Hargrave, which should mean you're going to get more one-on-one matchups, which should mean you should be able to win your matchups because you're Nick freaking Bosa and, uh, you know, Javon Hargrave, right? And you're Chase Young. So that's why I think it can help. Now, Lawrence has been under pressure the seventh most in the league on 30.7% of his dropbacks. The Jags offensive line has a pass block win rate that ranks last in the league and a run block win rate Damn. that ranks 30th. And that can actually explain why like ETN's um, yards per carry average is 3.9, right? Like, you know, maybe the offensive line's not the best at blocking. I don't really know. Like, but, you know, Lori, you watch the tape. Sometimes these stats and these rankings don't always tell the full story. But, you know, 3.9 yards per carry, like, that is kind of weird. Um, so, yeah. It, but one thing I will say about Lawrence, he's getting the ball out the second fastest in the league. Um, yeah, that's which what will, I was going to say. Yeah, that's going to be a challenge for the 49ers because they cannot catch a break. I feel like every single week they've gone against someone who's been getting the ball out, like, top 10 fastest in the league, and it's not helping them at all because they get so close and so close like doesn't matter because you know the yeah. quarterback is able to get a completion yeah they say um you know what is it close only counts in uh horseshoes and hand grenades or whatever <laughs> nah. <laughs> but uh anyway that was really stupid so yeah um i don't really know like like ETN, I think, kind of does it like himself, um, to be honest. Like, you know, Cam Robinson is like, he's a pretty good run blocker. Um, I like when he kind of gets out in space. Um, he likes to pancake guys. Um, you know, I, I just think ETN is, I don't know, like his broken tackle rate or anything like that. Like, I haven't looked at that state stat, um, but it has to be pretty good because I feel like. Most of the stuff, uh, most of the big runs kind of come from those like broken tackles. Um, but they will, the consistency like is pretty high. So, like, obviously, that makes it like a higher percentage that one will break off, like, will have a breakaway run because they kind of rely on that run game and they keep doing it. Now, even if it, even if it's not working, they'll keep doing it because eventually ETN can break free. Um, now, in terms of the pass blocking, um, yeah, that's definitely, like, an issue. Um, it seems like Trevor is getting hit on a lot of his big throws. Um, I think that's part of the reason why they went out and they got Ezra Cleveland. Um, but I don't know. He's not starting. Um, so... I don't know if it's because, like, you know, he's a little injured, so they're just like, let's keep Walker Little out there. 
Um, you know, and Walker Little, he's he's all right. You know, he's he's not bad. He hasn't been doing terrible. Um, he's uh he's third in, in PFF uh, pass block rating. Um, it's Cam Robinson, Brandon Sheriff, Walker Little. Um, but you know, one of my worries is going to be Anton Harrison. Um, so he's the he's the right tackle. Um, and so he's going to be going against uh you know your Chase Young, right? Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely going to be a matchup that, uh, we're all going to keep our eye on, um, because Anton Harrison had a little bit of trouble, you know, against those, um, against those studs, um, cause he's a rookie, you know? Um, so that's definitely something you want to look out for, but I think the whole offense has been tailored against getting the ball out quick. Um, so it's definitely something where, you know, they'll run mesh and, you know, they'll just try to get it out. And it's like the dip and dunks or dink and dunks. Um, you know, let's throw the flats. Let's throw the, you know, the yeah. wheels. Let's throw the the mesh routes. Let's throw the drags because the offensive line isn't going to be able to hold the, hold these uh, hold these guys for very long. And then you look at the 49ers and this is definitely going to be their biggest test, um, you know, yeah, so far sure. because there's there's studs. Um, so I would yeah. say one of the biggest matchups that uh, right side, right side of the offensive line, uh, is Anton Harrison. He's a good tackle, but he's a rookie. So yeah. that that's where we're at. And and the center, um, Luke Fortner, um, he I think he allows some of the the most pressures. Um, he's allowed fourteen um, according to PFF. So that's the most in you know on the team uh, so far. Okay. So it's him, okay. and then Anton Harrison. He's thirteen. So those two all right so maybe uh javon hargrave or eric armstead could get some action in the interior i I mean that's what the 49ers are hoping for right like they've been talking about this and like we i've been saying for weeks like oh like this could be like a really good matchup and then like it doesn't really happen um (laughs) but i don't know like something has to give right and i think like Whatever adjustments mm-hmm. they made during this bye week and adding Chase. Three Young. losses in a row. You guys can't do this they again. Got, you know? No, they can't. You gotta step can't. it up. Oh, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So look, let me go through this last um this this last favorable matchup, because then I feel good. Um <laughs> the 49ers playmakers against the Jags zone D. And I know that we were talking about like, okay. They've gotten a lot of interceptions. The Jags defense has, you know, maybe because they're in the right place and right time and when they're playing in zone and all these things. But, but I will counter to that a little bit because in particular, the Jags defense has struggled in in defending yards after the catch. They're allowing nearly 135 yards after the catch per game. And that's fifth most in the NFL. So Debo, Who's going to be back in this one? Brian Ayuk, even even McCaffrey could very well be the beneficiary of that. And I I kind of feel like if the 49ers want to have a somewhat similar you know game plan where okay we don't know if our offensive line is going to be able to you know keep Brock in the pocket for very long. Let's just get the ball out quick. I think they might want to set things up to get some of those guys in space so that they can then, you know, do what they do uh, after the catch and kind of help move the ball that way. Um, I, I think that could benefit them. What, but what have you seen um, Lori from the Jags defense uh, after the catch? 
Um, yeah, it's definitely something, uh, you know, you worry about, especially with those fast guys. Um, I think some of the reason is because the linebackers step up because a lot of teams nowadays, they're throwing the flats. So you have to be kind of right there. Um, but if you get it over the linebackers to that, that second level, um, that's where you're kind of chasing from behind. Um, so that's where a lot of the trouble begins, but it's like, if you're not schematically throwing it deep, um, then it's not going to be something that the Jaguars worry about because they're just, you know, they, they're daring you to throw it deep because they want you to kind of mess up um, and they want to get those picks. And that's what's happened so far. And maybe that's why the Steelers, they call them the hope defense because nobody's really been able to do it very well. The chiefs did it. CJ Stroud did it. Um, and he's a rookie. Um, but like, you know, if you're throwing those like short, those short passes um, in zone defense, you can switch. Um, but it's when it's when you kind of, you know, have more complexity to your offense and you kind of maybe your first and second read isn't those short, uh, you know, passes. Maybe you maybe they maybe they go deep and that's where they can get beat. Um, you know, Tyson Campbell, too. Um, you know, he can get beat deep. We've seen it plenty of times. Um, now, Darius Williams, on the other hand, he's a little bit better uh, when it comes to man coverage. So um, maybe that side isn't going to be as easy, but um, definitely something. And if Andrew Wingard is out there and Purdy decides to let it loose, that's definitely something you want to worry about. Um, if you're if you're a Jaguars fan, seeing kind of Wingard out there because he's slow. Um, he's not that fast at all. But that's why he's a better run defender. He kind of gets in the gaps. Yeah. He, he, you know, he he gets in the lanes. So if that's the one thing I wanted to bring up, if they're not able to keep the ball rolling with McCaffrey, I've seen that when McCaffrey doesn't get like a hundred or so yards, you guys have lost. Um, mm. So like, I think McCaffrey's kind of like the bread and butter that kind of keeps everything together. Um, yeah. And if you know, if you can't run the ball. Um, Purdy's gonna have to run around and try to try to make plays and and you know hopefully they can I mean I don't want to say hopefully but <laughs> like you know maybe you 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 guys can get it going a little well, bit no, um, and then, no no <laughs> stop stop um but like you know it's just because I'm used to saying these things week in and week out you know what I mean yeah yeah don't hold that against me Jaguar fans but it's a slip it was a slip up yo it was a slip but like yeah no honestly like um you know, it'll be same, you know, week four loss again. So, you know, I'm not really worried about it, but three in a row, four in a row. Nah, all I'm going to say is the the 49ers, I think, need this more. They definitely need they this win more than the Jaguars. They the Jaguars won five in a row. So it's like, you know, if they happen to let this one slide, yeah, it's not great, but it's like, it's, it's, it won't be as bad as what the 49ers would feel if they lost it. So. I don't know if that's going to take, you know, if that's something to take in consideration when we do the score, but it's definitely something where they need it more. So, well, yeah, let, let's do the score then, right? I mean, uh, we're going to get to this point in the show anyway, and I know which way you're going to go with this, Lori, and that's totally okay. You got to root for your team. I get it. But let's, let's say this, okay. Would you have a different um, prediction if it rains versus if it doesn't, or you just do kind of just have one score in mind in your head? Um, no, I think if it rains, the Jaguars will be better off. Um, uh, because they, you know, they can rely on ETN. Um, 
but like I am a little worried about Zay Jones. Um, you know, I want him to play. Uh, if you know, it's tough because he's one of their best receivers in terms of just being able to catch the ball. Um, but no, if it rains, I don't think it it hinders or it changes my prediction. Except you know, it will be a lower score game. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it doesn't okay. change. Okay, I might be a little ambitious here. All right, look. Okay, I'll I'll do this. So I'm gonna say, if it doesn't rain, and if Trent Williams plays, you know, odd both of those conditions in there, then I think the 49ers win 27-24 because I think Trent being back and Debo being back will help this offense get back to the week one through five version of them where they were scoring a lot of points. Right. So I think they could get like 27, you know, and I, I do think like, I respect the Jags. I think they're going to be able to score on this defense quite a bit. Really? You think so? I mean, I think these are two pretty good defenses right now. I mean, they are. I mean, mean, thank you. Cause I don't think the 49ers defense is all that great. I mean, Stats show that they are, but these last it's only because weeks. they've lost, yeah. But like yeah. they're obviously an amazing team. Like Kufunga, yeah. you know, Fred Warner, he's like literally the best linebacker in the league. Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa, Eric Arm. Come on, like stop. So I so I look, I, I think that they're gonna look improved, but I don't think I think it'll take them some weeks to kind of like I don't know, amp up like their play a bit so they'll look better in this game but just but not good enough to win i know i know no Um, they're going to win (laughs) i think they're gonna win you know it okay here's my other so that was one score prediction if it doesn't rain and trent plays my other prediction is if it does rain and trent williams doesn't play Again, I'm probably ambitious, but the, you know, as a fan, as a homer, I gotta, I gotta, you know, still stick with the 49ers here. I'd say 17, 13, lower scoring, but I still say the 49ers get it done. Okay, okay. I mean, you Original. know. Uh, so, um, <laughs> you look at last week or two weeks ago, they played the Steelers. Um, they won 20 you know, to 10. Yeah. The Jags won twenty to ten. The the weather was not great, um, so you know I think they could definitely score, maybe around a similar amount of points. Um, I say uh, twenty seventeen, Jaguars win this one. Um, but like to be honest, like I wouldn't see, be surprised if the 49ers won only because I feel like have they to. need it more. <laughs> yeah, they, they have no, to. Yeah, like they do they have to, so like, but are they good enough right now? Because three losses in a row to like, they were good teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were decent. Like I think Cleveland is better than you know what people let on. Like they have a pretty good defense. The Bengals are obviously really good. Um, so you know, there's that. Um, so yeah, but like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like completely heartbroken because like, dude. I just I feel sad for them right now. You know they need to win this. They need to win this. I don't think they will. Um, I don't think they will. But if they did, it's because of heart. Like you know what I mean. And it's maybe because you know Trevor. You know that offensive line couldn't hold up because you know you got Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave. You know now you have um, you know Chase Young. They're 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 three 
really good players. Um, oh, and this is a this is a return game for um, Gibson, the the safety. Uh, he used to be on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh God, you know he's kind of a nomad too. Like he, he he's played in the league for so long. I think he's had he a lot of when when did Actually, he play with the Jags? It's probably a um two thousand and like eighteen. Um, okay. He played with them when they when they went to the uh, AFC Championship. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, maybe it'll, or, it'll be a revenge game for. <laughs> yeah. Open um, from that. Yeah. Honestly, Laurie, I have no idea which version of the 49ers shows up on Sunday. I really don't. I think a lot of us don't. But like, we got to continue yeah. to be like optimistic, and that's why like my score predictions reflect like the peak of my optimism with this team. Uh, but you know, I I know as well as anyone, anything can happen any given Sunday. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think, dude, they they the Jaguars have to shut down McCaffrey. If if they're able to do that, then I think they win with no problem. Um, that's just I think it's all based around McCaffrey. Um, and I think uh, you know ETN will have to break a couple loose. Um, and I'll and if you see number four in there, know that I'm shaking in my boots because. He's uh, Tank Bisbee, the, the 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 backup running back, and boy, he's been pretty disappointing in terms of holding onto the ball. So, yeah, gotta throw that out there. Hopefully, he's not watching, but I don't know. Hopefully, he is. Maybe it'll feel some fire under him, man. Tank, hold <laughs> on to the freaking ball, bro. Hold on to the ball. Oh, there you go. Um, all right. Well, all of you guys watching, we really appreciate it. Again, we're gonna be looking at the comments, the live comments. See if you guys had any. Uh, recommendations for the bet that me and Lori should do for Sunday's game. I mean, of course, I have the 49ers winning. She has the Jags winning, as she should. Uh, so we're going to have a little side bet on this one, and you guys give us ideas in the comments, right? But for now, have a good rest of your, your Friday night, people. Peace. <laughs>